Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. I think most of us um, either have been in a home with divorce or we know people whose parents divorced. And we want to give you some hope about marriage today and how to deal with that pain. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And today, Elizabeth Oates shares part of her story of coming from a broken home, experiencing a lot of pain, and how God stepped in when things seemed hopeless. Here now is Elizabeth with Jim Daly. I love these stories, uh, in part because I share that story. Um, you do so many things. You have interviewed so many women, and you interviewed a lot of women for this book, mm-hmm. all with some sort of dysfunction in their past, right. typically. I don't know that any human being doesn't have some kind of right. dysfunction in their background. Uh, but what kind of things did uh, these women that you talked to deal with, kind of to give our audience a general idea of those responses? Sure. I like that you point that out, that Uh, Many of us have some level of dysfunction. (laughs) It's hard Um, to admit, though. Yeah, it is hard to admit. We don't don't like to think of ourselves as dysfunctional or our families as dysfunctional, but um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to include other women in this book was to show the range of dysfunction because it can be anything from maybe your parents were overly critical or there was some sibling rivalry that never healed. And so it can be on that end of the spectrum all the way to, you know, what we think of dysfunction, um, more like addiction or abuse or abandonment. I mean, I as I read your story, divorce is so prevalent. Yeah. Um, speak to that description of your own family and why divorce was so constant in your family tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up thinking... Um, that divorce was normal, that you would get married and you would have some kids and then you would get divorced. And that was just the normal pattern of life. That's what you thought of as normal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why? Uh, Because every grandparent I had was divorced. So I grew up with four sets of grandparents. And even then, they usually divorced a second time. Every aunt and uncle I had was divorced and either single or remarried. Even now, as an adult, I have a cousin that's divorced. And so I was just surrounded by it. I had, um, you know, some of my mom's friends were divorced. And so most of my friends' parents, you know, were divorced. And so it was just kind of this culture that I was raised in. And I, I think I tell this story in the book. I was probably second grade and I was at a friend's house and her dad came home and her little sister ran up to him and was like, and, you know, just that daddy and ran into his arms. And I remember thinking, that is so strange. Like, why is her dad coming home? after work. And then I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's right. Her parents have to stay married because he's a pastor. And I just thought like that was just part of the deal. Like he was obligated to stay married because he worked at a church. Um, But I thought everybody else gets divorced. Um, Your dad left when you were two. Right. What do you remember about him? And did he stay a constant in your life or was he gone? Yeah, I don't have a lot of positive memories about him. Um, I do remember that we, you know, this is back in the 80s. So big divorce boom in the 80s with that generation of parents. And that was back when the courts would mandate that kids had to spend every weekend with their non-custodial parent or every other weekend. And I think we were ordered to spend every other weekend. Um, My brother was four years older. And so he, you know, he was six when my parents divorced. So he had more of a relationship with my dad and he wanted to go spend weekends with my dad. I did not. Um, I remember leading up to those weekends, having nightmares, stomach aches, um, just being very fearful. Uh, I remember 
being at his house and a lot of neglect, a lot of, um, it was just a really unhealthy situation. Uh, he remarried and had two stepchildren. And I just remember just being very fearful. And when I would go, um, yeah, just a lot, like I said, a lot of neglect. Well, you had the the one story that, you know, again, I resonate with so much of your story, mm-hmm. but that the one that caught me was uh, going to your dad's. And I think um, they kind of plopped a mattress down for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no pillow, no blanket, yeah. and just kind of left you there. Yeah, we had flown. We had, at one point when I was eight, we'd moved across the country. And so um, by, at that time, then the court said, well, now you have to spend summers at your dad's. So we flew across the country to spend the summer with him. And our first night, you know, we were at this new house. And I think every time we went to visit him, he was at a new house, new neighborhood. So everything was always very unfamiliar. And I think that also led to my my fears and insecurities around him. And he just led me to a bedroom and there was just a mattress and nothing else in the room and just said, okay, you know, go to sleep. I'll see you in the morning. And, you know, that next day I remember him leaving and leaving all the kids and there was no food in the house. And I remember my stepsister and I putting water and sugar packets in baby bottles and drinking that that day. And he got home that night at like 10 o'clock at night um, and had Taco Bell for us. Um, But those were the kinds of situations that I remember with him. Looking back now as an adult, I know that, you know, he was a drug addict and he was an alcoholic. And so he was dealing with his own demons and just was not able to parent us from a healthy place. Mm. Um, I don't know that he was a Christian. I don't have any memory of him ever talking about the Lord or going to church or anything like that. So I think that also played into his yeah. parenting. Well, and that really goes right to the question I wanted to ask you at this mm-hmm. point as a, you know, five, six, seven year old, mm-hmm. did you have a sense of God? Was there anybody in your life that was saying there's a purpose for your life or, yeah. you know, there's someone who cares for you more deeply than anybody? You know, at that age, we would pop in and out of church every once in a while. I remember my grandmother, um, my mom's mom, we would spend a lot of time with her. Um, she was almost like a second mom. And I remember her watching, you know, Robert Schuller's Hour of Power, right. that Crystal Cathedral. Um, I remember her watching that on Sunday mornings because I would say 90% of the time we did not go to church. You know, it was right. very rare. Um, so I had a sense of God, but I did not know Jesus. Yeah. I, I really did not know anything beyond God. Yeah, that's so helpful. I mean, in my story, you know, we had neighbors, the Hope family, Mm -hmm. and they became like grandparents to us. They Mm -hmm. weren't blood related, but they would take us to church occasionally. Mm -hmm. And God bless those neighbors who notice a a family like yours or like mine. They're struggling and and they just engage. And that is a really good way for people of faith to get involved right in their neighborhood. That is such an honest and uh, really powerful story that Elizabeth had. And Danny, there are some listening who have faced situations like that. Uh, One parent is distant or not at all involved, and that can really lead to hurt like uh, and doubt. Maybe I won't be a good parent. I'm not having kids because I'm not sure I could do a good job. How do you encourage someone in that situation? Parenting is not all about our kids. It's about a transformation that we get to be a part of. And, and that's what we get to step into in the broken places. And, and uh, if there's divorce, if there's single parenting, there's still a lot of transformation to be had for that parent. And they, th- your kids need you more than ever at that time, and they need your confidence. Kids follow confidence. Hmm. 
And if you bring a humble confidence where you're pursuing relationship with them, you'll get most of parenting right. And, and beyond that, there's the guidance, the wisdom that you seek from God's Word. And as you spend more time in God's Word, you'll know how to respond to those moments with your kids. And there'll be moments where you won't get it right. And that's okay. What you do is you, uh, you come back, circle back, ask for forgiveness, or do it differently the next time. The neat thing is that it's a process of day-to-day building, relating, and deciding whether or not it made sense to do what you did. But you bring confidence to it, you bring relationship, Hmm. and you bring focus. Some of what I tell parents is put a winning aspiration in front of yourself. What do I want to do in my parenting? What is it that I want to invest in when my child's 18, 19, 20, 21? What do I love to see in them, and how do I begin to focus on that? And it won't always turn out quite like that, but at least you have something you're pointing towards. Be encouraged. Uh, you're you're going to be transformed along the way. Enjoy the ride and uh, bring confidence into that because you're the one for the job. Yeah. You know, I'm just as you're speaking, I'm thinking about my own dad who grew up with um, a father who drank a lot and then left the family, I guess, never to be seen or heard from again when my dad was maybe 15, 16. That did not prevent my dad from being a really good dad. And um, and I'm grateful that, of course, that he didn't let fear get in the way. Would he maybe change some of his parenting techniques in retrospect? Probably, but all of us are going to change our parenting if we get a redo. And sometimes what parents can do is, we're talking about gratitude before in, in, yeah. in previous episodes, be thankful for learning what you don't want to do in parenting and do something different. And with that gratitude, uh, you won't be angry at your parents, but you'll be thankful that they marked off the things you know you probably don't want to yeah, do in your parenting. Yeah, like the boss I didn't <laughs> want to be like. That's uh, right. That's good. And it may be that uh, as you listen, you're struggling right now. Um, you're processing, or maybe we've caused you to start to process some things that are difficult please get in touch with us here at Focus on the Family. We care. We've got uh, some really wonderful Christian counselors here. They'll call you back at a a scheduled time and kind of unpack things and get you on the road to some healing. Our number is 800, the letter A and the word family. And then we do have copies of Elizabeth's book, Mending Broken Branches, which we'll send to you for a donation of any amount to the ministry today. Uh, It's our hope that you'll find some healing through these resources and other things we have to offer. Uh, Details are in the show notes. And we'll continue the conversation with Elizabeth next time. On behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.